metal is an alloy called adamantium, supposedly indestructible. It's been surgically grafted to his entire skeleton. How could he have survived a procedure like that? His mutation. He has uncharted regenerative capability, which enables him to heal rapidly. This also makes his age impossible to determine. He could very well be older than you, Professor. Who did this to him? He doesn't know. Nor does he remember anything about his life before it happened. Experimentation on mutants. It's not unheard of. But I've never seen anything like this before. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another wonderful episode of Chuck Goes to the Movies. Today is going to be a special edition one because we're not going to be talking about any particular movie or filmmaker that has impacted our lives or influenced our love for movies, but we're going to be doing kind of just a little bit of a character study. And I have a special guest here who is an enthusiast of this particular character, and that is Wolverine. Mark, how are you doing today? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I am excited to be here. I'm excited to learn a little bit more about Wolverine and your insights on this. But before we dive into all that, tell me a little bit about yourself. You're a voice actor, correct? Yeah, uh, I just been doing voice acting for a little over a year. Um, primarily, the stuff I've been casted for is you know little fan projects, comics, and stuff like that. Uh, audio comics for Wolverine. Um, you know, I just do a variety of different creatures, stuff like that. I'm just trying to get more into the uh, commercial aspect because that's usually where the money is. Of but course. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so that's that's what I do now, uh, especially with the whole quarantine thing going on. I've been focusing most of my time on that. Uh, but day to day, I'm just in banking. Oh, well, that's awesome. How's how's the banking business? Oh, it's horrible. But, right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's. It's, you know, it's a job for right now, but uh, the goal is is to do this full time. And, uh, you know, the, the whole saying is, you know, if you do something you love, you never work a day in your life. And it's really true, at least for me, for this, because I, I fully can just dive into this, fully enjoy it, get lost in it, you know, and it's uh, it's something that, I, you know, I can't see myself not doing. That's awesome. I, I have a desire to try to really dive more into this voice acting work, too as well so i and you're right i absolutely love doing this i look forward to any time i get to sit down in front of my computer in front of my mic and just be able to talk so i definitely get that feeling but let's let's narrow down a little bit more so you do voice work or you do the voice of wolverine so where did your enthusiasm for this character begin uh probably as a child uh, i've been uh I've been watching, when I was a child, I watched the animated series in the 90s when uh, Wolverine mm -hmm. was voiced by, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with the show, but uh, very Wolverine, much so. very much, okay, good. Uh, he was voiced by Cal Dodd, and mm -hmm. um, that guy's a legend. So that, that was the show that I was first exposed to Wolverine, and then I saw, you know, Hugh Jackman, you know, portray Wolverine in, in the, you know, the live films. And then, you know, those other shows, and then Steve Bloom in the video games, and, you know, he had his own little, uh, he had two different shows he did. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the infatuation with the character really started when I was young watching that show, you know, hearing all those one-liners coming from from Wolverine. <laughs> it's just, you know, amazing things that just stick with you. You know what I mean? Uh, Absolutely. So and he's just, he's a great character. He really is. He's a character that I feel like a lot of people can connect with. And, you know, he's he's a loner, but he has a heart of gold when it comes to certain things. And I know he's done a lot of bad stuff and he's not really here. He really kills people, but, uh, he, he is, 
he is that one of a kind kind of character to me. I just, you know, there's some sort of a, a different feeling that you get for a character like him than compared to, you know, like a, like a Superman or uh, something like that. Like to me, this is like, he's a raw person. You know what I mean? He, he can't die, but he feels all that pain. You know what I mean? It, it's one of those things that I don't think a lot of, you know, characters can really, like you can't feel with other characters. You know what I mean? Like Superman, he's invulnerable, you know, he, unless he has, you know, kryptonite or whatever, but uh, he's just one of those characters that he just keeps taking it over and over and over and keeps getting up. And I think that's the biggest thing about it is being able to get up after you fall down. So that's really the message that I've always gotten from this character. Wow, that's awesome. And very true in so many ways. Uh, can you give me, I don't know if you're prepared for this, can you give me your best Wolverine voice? My best Wolverine voice? Do you want me to say a, a signature line? You want me to just, I can talk generally with like in the voice if you want. I could just do it. <laughs> like uh, no, a, just uh, deliver, a, deliver a line, a signature line. Okay. I'm the best there is at what I do, but what I do best isn't very nice. God, I love it. That kind of actually just gave me goosebumps. That is, that's amazing work, man. I love that. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about? So I, I do know Wolverine. I'm very familiar with the '90s, uh, the '90s TV show, like you had already mentioned and stuff like that. My brother was more the comic book person, so he actually can dive a little bit more into the history than I can. But can you give me some background on Wolverine? What kind of just describe this character? Um, so like the origins comic book wise or yeah. like, um, well, I know he first appeared in, um, I think the incredible Hulk number one eighty. um, that when he just came in as a little cameo, he was supposed to be fighting the Hulk and Wendigo at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, he was supposed to be this, you know, this Canadian mercenary weapon that was supposed to take on the Hulk and, and, and Wendigo. And then, uh, that was at right at the end of that comic. And then in 181 was his first full appearance in that where he was supposed to be pretty much just a villain uh, attacking uh, the Incredible Hulk. Um, and I don't know if you've seen how he looks in that, but he has like the whole whiskers and all that different stuff on his mask, the short ears. Um, it's pretty similar to how he eventually came to look. They gave him the longer ears. The colors are still the same, the, the yellow and blue. Mm-hmm. Um but he just kind of came in and they really didn't give too much of a background. You just knew that he was from Canada and he was this, you know, this mercenary that came in to, to take on the Hulk. Kind of just um, a mystery. Yeah. And they really delved into the character when they decided to, you know, describe his origin. Um, so, you know, later you find out that he's, he's this mutant um, that has this healing factor that allows him to, you know, heal from any kind of wound um, much faster than a normal human being. Um, he has these bone claws that he was born with uh, that were tracked out of his hands. And um, he has heightened animal senses, so he can be able to hear, smell, and uh, see incredible distances uh, more than an average human being. His endurance, stuff that's not really talked about, his endurance and strength is, is greater than an average human being as well. He doesn't have anything like super strength like the Hulk or anything like that, but he uh, he has more strength and endurance than an average human being. And that's also has to do with this healing factor, just because, you know, the guy can't really get sick. He has gotten sick in different, you know, they change things in comics where he gets infected with the virus or whatever. They have that whole other thing uh, where everyone became a zombie or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, uh, you know, he, he's invulnerable to a lot of those things. So being able to have that healing factor going all the time, it really keeps you in prime shape all the time. 
and that also slows down his his aging. So he's always looking like he's in his prime, um, no matter how old he is. So, uh, so yeah, he he's just one of those uh, one of those characters that you know you look at him and you think he's a young guy, but he, he's really not. He's been around since the 1880s. And um, oh, let, me, let me tell you his, his his full name because a lot of people I don't think realize that you know he's Wolverine. People call him Logan, but his full name is James Howlett. That's what it was. That's what his uh, his name was when he was born. And uh, he was born to a rich family. Uh, they were farm owners. And um, little did he know that one of the people that worked on the farm, his name was Thomas Logan, was his actual father. So he didn't know that he was an illegitimate son to to him. And um, I don't know if uh, you want me to keep getting into the origin, but... Um, no, I'm enjoying this, man. This is awesome. So, so what ended up happening was his illegitimate father came in um, and, you know, he obviously knew that this was his son and he was arguing with, um, with Wolverine's stepfather, I guess you can call him the person that was taking care of him. And uh, it eventually led to the death of what Logan thought at the time was his father. So he was enraged. His claws came out and he killed his real father. And um, he didn't realize it at the time, but, you know, he just realized what, what he was able to do. Like he had this mutant ability. That's when it started to come in. That's what happens with a lot of the characters in the X-Men. They don't realize that they have these mutant abilities until they get to a certain age mm-hmm. or something happens and it just comes out. So from then on, that's when he ran away and things started to happen. He started fighting all different wars and they, they talk about that in some of the films, but that's also talked about into the comics and the shows as well. I know the 90s series, they showed that he fought in World War II. Um, but yeah, so he moved on from there, and then eventually he found his way to Professor Xavier. And I know there's different renditions about how he was supposed to get to Xavier. There was one that I read somewhere that he was supposed to actually be going to assassinate Charles Xavier, and then Charles Xavier altered his mind so that he wouldn't do it. And then other times he was just found. So, I mean, I, I prefer the one that he was just he was found. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's that's what I prefer. Um, and then he became a, a member of the of the X Men. And I know in different renditions of the shows, I know I know like X Men Evolution. That one's a little bit of a weird show to me, <laughs> um, just because you know everyone's in high school. He's one of the X Men, like one of the original X Men. I was like, oh, that's, that never really happened, but I, I get it. It's a new it's a new concept. But uh, yeah, he wasn't one of the original X Men members, but he was brought on after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was supposed to be on. I forget what the what the name of the the Canadian team was but he was part of this uh this canadian mercenary group or something like that and they end up switching over and, and coming there this this the origins change so many so many times in x-men unfortunately so it's it's really hard to keep track of what's real and what's not or what you really want yeah. to believe is is the true uh, origin um but yeah i mean that's that's pretty much the basics of how he kind of came in to be and there's so many different comics about him now about his his death, rebirth, all different things like that, and uh, you know, old man Logan, all, all those different kind of uh, stories about the character that I think are all equally interesting. Um, but from the origin that I know, he's born James Howlett, <laughs> and he discovered his powers after killing his real father. Um, and yeah, that's that's just uh, that's pretty much the origin. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. So his real father is also the father of Sabretooth, correct? It's hinted at, hinted at that in the comics. They called the boy that was with him dog or with Thomas Logan dog or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, because to me, they're brothers. But there's been other comics where they say that Sabretooth is his father or something weird. It's like there's all like different weird things. But to me, they've always been brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know Sabretooth is older. That's for sure. Um, and Sabretooth is always supposed to represent what Logan doesn't want to be. Um, they're similar, you know, mutation wise with their keen animal senses and stuff like that. But Sabretooth is more on the animalistic side of, you know, not, there's not much human left of him. You know, he's very cold, brutal, um, you know, evil in a way. And Wolverine is still has that more humane sign of him until he gets into his berserker rage. And that's when he always talks about how he feels afterwards. Like he doesn't like going there because mm-hmm. he thinks of Sabretooth. So he, and he doesn't want to be anything like him because he's seen and grown up with what he's he's done. And, you know, despite how we may feel about the X-Men Origins movie Wolverine, I really did like the way they portrayed that uh, those two characters together as brothers. But, you know, like you said, they are they each represent what the other isn't. They're like two sides to a coin, not to flip back over to DC Universe here, but kind of like a two face type thing. One person is one thing and one person is the other, and they're almost complete when they're together. But it's a force that doesn't work together. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and I, like you said, I know a lot of people didn't like X-Men Origins. And I mean, they did a lot of things wrong in that in that film. But the mm-hmm. one thing that I think they really did right was, like you said, showing the relationship between the two. Um, and uh, I forgot what the, what's the, the actor's name that played Sabretooth. I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Now. Oh, my gosh. Um, Any other day, I would have been able to just spit it right out. Um, um, Leah Schreiber. Leo Schreiber, that's right. He did an amazing job. Yes, um, agreed. Because in all the other films, you really don't hear Sabretooth talk too much. I mean, they got the look of him in, in the original film to how he looked in, in the comics, but I don't think that's as important as you know hearing him speak, talking to, to Wolverine in that condescending tone, talking to him, you know, little brother and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I just think that whole that whole relationship between the two was was just amazing. Leo Schreiber is a very underrated actor. Agreed. Uh, but he, he did an amazing job. I think he really, to me, he's, he's the, my favorite part of that film is just him. All the scenes with him really make the film. Oh, I can agree with that wholeheartedly. That's one of the reasons I actually go back and rewatch that movie is just for their interactions and for his portrayal as Sabretooth. Um, so this is a perfect lead into bringing it into the film side here. So Hugh Jackman brought the role of Wolverine to life in the live action setting back in 2000 when... Um, Brian Singer brought X-Men to the big screen. Do you feel that Hugh Jackman was a good choice for this role? Um, I mean, looking back, it's kind of hard because I know <laughs> I, I was I was so young watching it and I didn't really I mean, I, I knew that they were trying to make him look shorter, but I always knew looking at him. I was like, he's way too tall. Yeah. Um, you know, I know they made everyone wear like platforms in their shoes so they can make, you know, and then he would try to go on his knees and stuff to make him a little shorter. But I mean, he, the whole, I think it was the bar scene in the beginning of the film mm-hmm. that really just was like, okay, he's Wolverine. Just that whole, the whole looks that he had, you know, sitting down, getting the beer, looking at the TV, looking back at rogue. That was a whole, that whole scene kind of sealed it for me. I'm like, okay, Mike, this guy's Wolverine. I can definitely see him as Wolverine. And that's really what sealed it. Um, and uh i mean looking back on it now i can't i can't see anybody else doing it same um he's just 
he did an amazing job. And I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, this guy's from, he's, you know, he's from, uh, you know, theater and stuff like that. He's singing and dancing. Like, you know what, this he's tall and lanky. We don't want him to be Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverine's supposed to be five foot three, five, five tops. So, uh, you know, and you got this guy that's over six feet tall. So, um, no, I mean, he, he did an amazing job. The only thing that I wish, obviously, everything was PG-13, but I wanted that Berserker Rage, you know, not just at the end of, you know, not just in Logan. You know, and they had it a little bit in X-Men 2, you know, with the kitchen scene. But um, I wanted that that Berserker Rage way more than what we got in, in all the in all the films. But It's an absolute shame that we had to wait all this time and then in his final outing as the character is when we got to see what Logan or Wolverine should have been. I agree with that. But keeping it at that PG-13, they were obviously trying to reach a wider audience and things like yeah, that. And sure. at that time, you know, they, you don't want to make an R-rated superhero movie or a comic book movie because, again, that's not your target. Your target is to get those teenagers and stuff like that. But uh, I'm glad we're finally living in an age where R-rated comic book movies exist because I feel like they do the stories a lot more justice. Yeah, for sure. Um. So, out of all the different movies that he's appeared in as Wolverine, which one do you think he does the best job at portraying this character? Which one, which movie gave him the better opportunity to truly dive into the role of Wolverine? Um, I mean, I know it's probably going to be the obvious answer, but uh, <laughs> Logan was Logan. definitely, yeah. Um, but I got to say, though, I mean, there's, there's scenes in, a, in the second X-Men that I really enjoy with him as a character um and really just him bringing wolverine to life like with the whole kitchen scene and the whole you know the mansion attack scene mm -hmm. when striker you know invades the mansion that really was it was good to see wolverine let loose um and that was really a, a good like hint to that you know that uh that rage is inside um but for the reality of the character that's in the comics and he really paid homage was in logan because you know, he's already at a point where he's tired. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And um, Wolverine in the, in the comics has never always been a warm and, and fuzzy kind of guy. So he was always fine with just leaving, you know, Laura behind. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming hopefully everyone that's listening has seen this film. <laughs> I hope now. so at this point. <laughs> but, you know, the whole beginning of the scene where, you know, where Laura's fighting everybody and he's trying to leave with Charles. And she's like, no, he's like, he can't leave her. He's like, no, she, you know, someone will come along. We got to go. And, uh, you know, that's, that's who he is. You know what I mean? He, he's not really a, he cares about his own. So when it comes to new people and stuff, he's very like, Oh no, like I, I have to worry about what I need to worry about with the people that matter in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was really a great job. I mean, and Laura, the, the Daphne Keene who played Laura was, she did, she did an amazing job too. So um, that whole interaction with the two characters really kind of brought it whole for me and it really i think it almost elevated um hugh's performance just because he had to play he played almost a son to patrick stewart because patrick stewart like he was taking care of his old father even though he's older than patrick stewart's character of professor xavier he was taking care of him mm -hmm. and he was trying to you know raise and learn how to be a father to laura and i think that's really just a great that's what makes it a great film in general, not just a comic book film. I think a lot of people can just watch it without seeing all the other films. I wouldn't recommend it because I think it just there's so many things that happen in the other films <laughs> that you really appreciate Logan way more. But yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, that film definitely paid uh, homage to the character more than anything, just because you can let loose. You can really see him raw. You can see him hurt. 
you can see him, you know, dying. You know what I mean? You, you can see that what he really wants and what he really wanted this entire time. And he finally got it, you know, and even though it was a shitty way, mm-hmm. you know, he finally got to, you know, know what it feels like, like he says at the end of the film. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you, too, about his portrayal in X2. X2 is actually my favorite of the original three movies. And I think what makes his portrayal in that movie great is, like you said, you get to see this kind of more animalistic side of him, that rage kind of starting to show through. But at the same time, there's that wonderment. There's that questioning. You know, he's trying to he's he's remembering things from his past he's trying to piece everything together so the confusion the confliction going through his his head at the time that's really coming across the screen and you i think it's just an overall tremendous performance if i'm removing logan from the equation x2 is going to be hands down his best performance in my mind yeah for sure um with the future of x-men now in disney's hands and Hugh Jackman has stepped away from the role officially and stuff like that. Where do you see the future of Wolverine going? Do you think it's going to be one of those things where they will recast it and roll with it? Or are they going to leave the character of Wolverine alone moving forward? Um, it's a tough question because it's really once the whole purchase of Fox came and they got they got the rights to the x-men mm-hmm. they had other plans for all these other films with the younger cast of the x-men and that kind of just you know fell apart i mean I, I never saw dark phoenix i don't know if you got to don't see it i don't know if it was, i was gonna say that's what i kind of figured i had a feeling when i when i saw the trailer um but you, you got to recast everybody you can't bring anybody back that's the one thing that I, I know for sure um and if you're gonna recast them i feel like you gotta go closer to the comics mm-hmm. um at least looks wise. I know they were talking about, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of this actor before. He did also, uh, it's not even an audio book. It's like more of a audio, I forget what it's called. Peter Armitage. You ever heard of him before? I, he did, yes. Like, I've heard the name. Yeah. He was in, uh, the Hobbit, wasn't he? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Um, so the, people were talking about him playing the new Wolverine. They're talking about that a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, because he looks similar to Hugh Jackman and stuff. And I think that's something we need to go away from because we can't just keep comparing. We're going to keep comparing everyone to Hugh. And that's yeah. the problem. You can't do that. So if you have someone that kind of looks like him and you're trying to replace him by getting someone that looks similar, I think that's the wrong way to go. Um, but when it comes to just the character, I think it has to be more based on the team of the X-Men, them all together working as a team. I don't know if you can really find, I mean, there's plenty of great actors out there. I'm not trying to knock anybody, but um <laughs> it's going to be hard to to live up to what Hugh did to have solo films like that, or have films that are mainly focused about, you know, around Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a tough situation because a lot of these other films, I mean, I liked X-Men first class. I thought, I thought they did a good job, but one of the best parts of that film was Wolverine in the bar. Yes. Right? <laughs> that, that, that's what I'm saying. So it's kind of, and then same thing with X-Men apocalypse, that whole thing where Wolverine kind of, you know, he's flying through the X-Men, uh, the weapon X facility. Mm-hmm. And to me, that w- that was my favorite scene of that film, which is unfortunate because there's so much more to the film, and I'm only really enjoying when Hughes in there. So, it's uh, it's one of those things that has to be carefully casted, and I think they need to take their time for sure. They can't just rush him in. I don't know if trying to get him into the MCU as quick as possible is the right move. I think just trying to get everyone casted correctly, where it makes sense, and it pays homage to the comics more. 
I think it'll be better. Um, I, I can't see another standalone Wolverine film happening for a long time. No, if definitely not. It needs to be the ensemble uh, ensemble movies just kind of moving forward right now. And like you said, uh, Marvel, Disney, they all need to take their time to make sure they do this right. They have a tremendous opportunity not to ruin what's already been established, but to elevate what's been established by doing this correctly with proper casting, proper writing, and proper stories to integrate them into an already existing cinematic universe. So I think there's there's going to be a lot of fun to look forward to with this, but then there's going to be a lot of uncertainty because, like you said, everybody's going to be comparing it to Hugh. and It's the curse of the Batman, is what I like to call it. No matter who they're going to choose to take over the role, someone's going to be upset about it or a group yeah. of people are going to be upset about it. I mean, everybody thought Ben Affleck was going to ruin the role. I didn't think he did a bad job, but that's my opinion. Um, and now Robert Pattinson taking over the role of Batman. You know, you just got to you gotta be very careful in your choices. I remember at one point they were tossing around the name Tom Hardy, but I really feel like Tom Hardy's even gotten to that point where he's a little too old to take over that role. Yeah. Um, at, at a time when, when even Hugh recommended Tom Hardy, uh, I was like, I was like, I can see that. I mean, he's a little bit shorter. He's a he's a beefier guy. He has a bigger back, so he has more of the physicality of of how Wolverine would look. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, once he became Venom, I was like, ah, oh. I was like, so that's definitely not going to happen anytime soon. Now they're going to have to find somebody new. Well, um, if they don't incorporate Venom into the MCU, which if Sony true. and Disney can work out their differences, I don't think that's ever going to happen. So he could technically still take on this role of Wolverine if he wanted to. Yeah. Or if they wanted um, to. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like you said, yeah, he, he is getting older, so it's it'll be hard to, to see. But it all, it all kind of depends on where they want to go with the story. I mean, you know, going back to what I said about X-Men Evolution, they completely just, like, flipped the whole comic book <laughs> origins of it upside down. And we're like, oh, this is it now. They're all in high school. I'm like, oh, hold on. Hold on. So, you know, it depends on what they want to do. Um but yeah, I mean, like you said, the, the curse of the Batman. Um, I do agree with you, though. I don't think Ben Affleck did a bad job. Uh, I thought he actually did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. He was probably, from seeing you, I didn't see the Justice League films. Um, though it was only the one film, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But I saw Batman versus Superman, and I think that he did a, he did a pretty good job, given the circumstances. Um, I would have loved to have seen his solo outing in the Batman movie, but I guess we're never going to see that, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, I know. I wanted to see that, too. Having Deathstroke come in there, yes. that would have been nice. That would have been awesome. But it is what it is. Um, so we, we've been talking about the live projects here and stuff like that. Oh, let's talk a little bit more about some of the animated projects. We've made references to the 90s TV show that uh, anybody who grew up in the 90s would know who, what the show is. It's even out on Disney Plus now. But uh, do you think that was probably one of the best animated uh, portrayals of the character Wolverine, or do you think that they got it right in something else, like a standalone animated movie, or even Evolution? I'll just throw that out there. Yeah, um, Evolution definitely not. Okay. Um, <laughs> you, you, it's just because you don't see enough of them. That's one of those things you don't really see enough of them. Um, he plays more of a mentor, which, which I understand, you know, for you know the whole story of, of Evolution. But I think. I mean, it's probably me being partial because I grew up with it, but I think the the '90s interpretation of it was was my favorite. But at the same time, when it comes to voice, I don't know if you're going to agree, but to me, when I hear Wolverine now, 
in my head, it's Steve Bloom. It's his rendition of the character, his his voice of the character. Um, I didn't see because I've seen the whole '90s series all the way through, and I actually rewatched it when it came on Disney Plus. Um, and Evolution was on when I was a child, but I never really watched it, so I'm forcing myself to watch it now. Just maybe I can find a good quote here and there. Um, <laughs> but uh, I haven't watched the 2009 series Wolverine and the X Men with Steve Bloom. Um, all the way through. I've, I've seen an episode here and there and I, I forced myself to watch some of it last night. Uh, I shouldn't say forced. It's not, it's not bad. I think it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's just a different, you know what I mean? It's, it's hard to top the nineties animated series because they really pay homage to the comics and all the characters you really like, you enjoy all the characters, even the guys that are supposed to be the assholes like yeah. Magneto and stuff like that. You really enjoy all of them. And I think everyone that voiced those characters did a great job. But when it comes to Wolverine and the X-Men, it's just a weird, it's still a weird concept. I still, I guess I have to watch the show more. I know it's only one season, um, but it is 20 something episodes. So it is a pretty long time, but um, I really do have to, uh, to give that a shot. But I, I think the nineties animated series was definitely the one that, that did the best to pay homage to the character because you really do get, you know, they had the origin episodes too. Like they had, it were just about him, mm-hmm. um, you know, going to Japan and, you know, learning about how his relationship with Sabretooth and what happened with Silver Fox and stuff like that. Um, so to me, the nineties one is definitely my favorite, but like I said, I'm probably being partial to it. So, uh, I don't know how you feel about it. I mean, it, it would be very easy to say definitely the nineties. I mean, just, it's always going to have a special place in my heart. My brother and I would watch that show all the time. I've enjoyed rewatching it on Disney plus. Uh, I wish my oldest son would enjoy it little bit more with me but maybe he's just a little too young to really appreciate it now he's only five going on six so i'll try again later but um yeah. i've never actually seen the other show you're talking about uh x-men and the or wolverine and the x-men um is that on disney yeah it's on disney plus oh i need to check it out yeah it's it's a whole different kind of thing it's and it's another thing that's that that they did in the films that i know a lot of people didn't like um and I, people don't really mention it um, that Wolverine was kind of the main focus and Cyclops, they made Cyclops to be an asshole yeah. most of the time. So that's one thing I know a lot of people didn't like because Cyclops isn't always like that. And you really see that in the 90s series that, you know, like they do bicker back and forth, but Cyclops all in all is a character that you can, you can enjoy as well. Um, I know he had a few of his own standalone episodes talking about his brother and his father and stuff like that in the, in the 90s series. Mm-hmm. But it's with Wolverine and the X-Men, Wolverine is now leading the X-Men, even though Cyclops is there. So it's a weird kind of thing to think of. Yeah. And they try to explain it, why it's supposed to happen. They explain it by the third episode. Um, but it's a really weird kind of concept because Wolverine can be a leader. I know I don't I don't doubt it, but he's not the leading type. He's a I'm gonna do it myself kind of type. Um, so it's just it's interesting. I I have to watch more of it to give it a full review. But uh, just from my first thoughts, I was like, oh, that's a it's a new weird kind of take. I feel like the character wouldn't do that. But interesting well you know like you said they sometimes like to reinvent the wheel whether it needs to be reinvented or not so i'll definitely add it to my watch list and uh check it out see how i feel about it 
But uh, I, I, I guess our consensus here is that the 90s one will just always be tops for us. I mean, I've even seen some of the animated movies. They've made, um, you know, Wolverine versus this, Wolverine versus that. And they're they're fun to watch and stuff like that. But I'd much rather watch the, just the animated series over and over again versus those movies. Yeah. Uh, the Wolverine versus the Hulk, I didn't think was... They, they tried to put a lot into it, mm-hmm. you know, trying to show the origin of Wolverine at the same time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the portrayal of, or the, the voice of Wolverine, Steve Bloom, he did a great job in it. Um, but like I said, it is a, it is a lot going on in that film, but cause it was hinting almost towards the origin, you know, the origin of the com of the, uh, of the character in the comics of how they first interacted in the incredible Hulk 180 and 181. Um, you know, him fighting the Wendigo where he's trying to hunt down the Hulk, in the uh, in the film because he's destroying towns and, and and whatever that was going on, um, but yeah, like like you said, it's just I rather watch the the animated series just because it's it has that special place just because we've grown up watching it that you can't really just you, you can't put anything above it, you know what I mean? Because because you, you've had it for so long that you can't really think of anything else. And it's also given us the best portrayal of the Phoenix Saga. So. Oh, for sure. <laughs> That's for sure. Dear God. I, I, you know, just when when you when you watch, you know, the end of X two into X three, and then the whole they just really butchered that story there. And then when you watch Dark Phoenix, I know you haven't seen it yet. I it just they did not do this story any type of justice. I remember joking. Uh, it was you with my buddy Dan or Justin. I can't remember which. I think it was Justin. I remember joking that I felt like the best part of Dark Phoenix was. Um, well, actually, I don't want to ruin the movie for anybody who's seen it, but uh, somebody dies in it, and I actually sympathize. I, I, I like that character because they got to get out before the story got really bad. Um, so <laughs> I know that's such a... It, I, I hate on this movie a lot. I, I feel like the X-Men story started going downhill with Apocalypse. I don't know what they were doing, but starting with Apocalypse, it just it was really starting to fall apart, and then Dark Phoenix definitely shown us what happens when things fully fall apart. Um, yeah. So it, it's a shame. It really is a shame. But yes, uh, the Dark Phoenix saga was the best portrayal in the X-Men 90s show. In fact, uh, I skipped ahead and rewatched that before uh, I even started from the beginning because I just love that storyline so much and how they did it. It's perfect in almost every single way. Yeah, that's for sure. Um. Well, let's let's step away from Wolverine for a little bit. So I know you talked about a little bit in the beginning, you know, some of the voice acting work you've done. What is some of the what are some of the favorite things that you've done when you've been doing voice acting? Um, personally, my favorite stuff is, is to do obviously to play Wolverine. But it's one of those things where, uh, like I said, a lot of them are fan stuff. And uh, you usually you're not going to get paid to, to, to voice Wolverine unless you're doing it for for Marvel. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's fun. I just enjoy becoming the character, you know, you know, getting in my booth and just slashing and moving and doing all that stuff because you got to you got to act to be able to do this. Um, mm-hmm. That's what, one thing I don't think people really realize that it's it's not just being able to do a voice. You have to be able to act. Um, but, yeah, not only that, I like doing. um you know, like deeper monster kind of characters. So, you know, like deep demonic voices and stuff like that. That's like a, a level I'm able to get to. And it's really fun to do because you can make them, you know, there's so much personality in the character. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, you could 
go down into this deep voice and scare all your listeners. So, you know, stuff like that. So it's just really something that, uh, I see your face. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll let you. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. So I wish I could. Th- oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. Uh, th- that's another thing I love doing. Those are the kind of characters I like to do. Um, but at the same time, I like doing any any kind of goofy characters, like little characters, like I like to do stuff like that too. Um, so I want to do more of the commercial stuff. I know I said it at the beginning, but all the character work will just always be way more fun to me. I know some of the scripts you can get for commercials can be, you know, a little funny and quirky mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but it's never going to be the same as as becoming somebody else. And that's the beauty I think of, of voice acting is that you don't need to be seen to make this thing come to life. You know what I mean? I can become anything with the sound of my voice. I don't have to fit a certain look to become that character. You know what I mean? I don't look like Wolverine. I'm not, you know, five foot three and <laughs> jacked out of my mind, 300 pounds. You know, I'm not, that's, that's, that's not me, but I can sound like him. And yeah. it's one of those things that it just, it, it doesn't matter what you look like. You can make something on paper or on, on a screen or anything come to life. And I, I think that's the beauty of it. And a really, it's great when you get to see somebody's reaction to it, especially if it's their own creation and you're helping it become real. Mm-hmm. That's just this. So it's so satisfying. It's probably the most satisfying thing about it. That's awesome. Um, the only type of voice work I've done outside of doing this podcast is uh, I did lend my voice to a scripted podcast series. Uh, it's a sci-fi series. And one of the things I regret and I wish I could go back and do it over again is that I just I, I used my normal voice. I really wish I would have put a little bit more thought into changing up my voice a little bit for these characters because I ended up voicing two different characters. And one of the things I also found and I, the thought never occurred to me until I went to go record these lines is, is like I'm literally recording these lines that I have nobody to feed off of. Yeah. And it's hard. So just like I can, I can imagine what the reaction's going to be. I can see it in the notes of the script. Like, you know, this is how this person will be and blah, blah, blah. But I do a lot better if I can physically see it happening in front of me where I can feed off of somebody. So it, that part of voice acting still kind of intimidates me a little bit because I always feel like I'm not giving it my best because I don't know what the other person, excuse me, I don't know what the other person is going to be doing either. And... I, I, I do need to work on just like changing up my voice a little bit, you know, playing around a little bit. I, I've done some accents and things like that. But beyond that, I've really haven't changed much of who I am or what you're here listening to right now. Yeah, but that's OK, because, you know, everyone's voice is unique. And I know a lot of people, a lot of voiceover coaches say that, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the biggest thing, especially for commercial work, is they want your voice. Yeah. especially now they don't want like the radio voice anymore. They want somebody that's just an average kind of Joe talking to you about whatever product it is. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when it comes to, cause you know, you're saying when it comes to looking at a script, it's different than feeding off of somebody. And that's what one thing that I don't think people realize that even, even people that are professional actors, they'll struggle with, with doing voiceover because they're used to seeing somebody and used to seeing their reaction. And that's how they, they move on to the next line and stuff like that. Now you're looking at a piece of paper and there's no one in front of you. So it's one of those things where you have to let go. And that's one thing that I struggled with early on. You have to let go. You have to play. You have to go into that sandbox as a kid (laughs) and just not care who's there. I'm serious. You have to not care who's listening, who's watching, who's hearing, because it doesn't matter. 
because your goofy thing that you may think, oh, that's crap or like, oh, that sounds stupid. It doesn't, it might not sound stupid to somebody else. So go, the thing I could, the best advice I could give you to other people is to play, go in your booth, go in wherever you're going to record, look at yourself in a mirror, make funny faces, do whatever, and you'll create something. And once you create one character, then you can go on to other characters. You can just build off from, from one after another. They don't have to be completely polar opposite characters. You can tweak one thing about a character you just created and it becomes somebody completely different. And, um, you know, I do so many characters and it's just one of those things where a lot of them, if you pull something back or tweak something, it'll be the same as the other guy I just did, but you won't know it until you, until you play. So that's, that's the best advice I could give you is just let go, let it all go play. And it'll just come way easier. Don't, don't get in your head about it. Cause it's, oh, that's, I'm, I'm a, that's a gift of mine. I'm always in my head. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's a problem. That's a problem I have too. I'm a very cerebral kind of person. I'm always my own worst critic. I'm mm-hmm. always trying to fix stuff like that. And it's a good, it's a good quality to have because being a perfectionist, you're always going to feel like it's not complete and you're always going to keep striving for something better. But at the same time, from you getting frustrated with that for not getting it to the way it is, you might delete that take or you might, you know, like, Oh no, no, I don't, I don't like it. And you get rid of it. Give it some time, give it an hour, come back to it, listen to it again. And you're like, Oh, that's not so bad. And then you just keep moving on from it from there. You know what I mean? You got to be able to, to not hear that little voice in your head saying you're not good enough or that's not going to sound good or whatever. Who cares? That voice is not there. Don't listen. Just be you do whatever you want to do, enjoy it and have fun. And then it's going to become so much easier. I'm telling you. That's, that's actually great advice because you literally just described the very first night I sat down to record my lines. I recorded all of them and I was like, Nope, this sounds like shit. I deleted every single one of them and I just kept recording and recording and recording because I never liked the way it sounded, but you're right. I mean, it's not, it's not about how I feel it sounds. It's going to be about, you know, the show's creators or whoever is listening to this voice, you may not like it, but somebody out there is going to like it. And, you know, I I did this because I I got into this. I I can't call it a business. I don't make any money. I got into this hobby (laughs) because I I love to talk. Uh, Everyone has always told me that I should uh, like be on radio or something like that, or lend my voice to voice work. So, and I enjoy doing it. But that problem is, you know, like you said, I'm my own worst enemy. I'm my own worst critic. And I think it always sounds... You should have seen me recording my very first podcast episode. I I think we recorded it several times because I just never liked the way it sounded. And I've definitely (laughs) gotten a lot more comfortable with that now. So um, I'm excited because uh, they did invite me to come back and lend my voice again to another season. So uh, taking everything that you've said in mind, uh, obviously they liked whatever I produced. So uh, taking what you said in mind, I'm going to go into it and have a little bit more fun with it. Yeah, exactly. It's just, especially for the for the character stuff, you got to be able to just, just to let go. You know what I mean? So, um, no, nah, man. I mean, I think you got a good voice. It's a voice that's like, you know, it's not one of those voices that you're listening to and you're like, all right, I, I got to stop talking to this guy. You know, it's not <laughs> one. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry Thank about you. your voice, man. You know, you know, what I mean, I'm, I'm saying everyone has their own, their own good qualities. Mm-hmm. So you know, I never thought that my voice was that exciting. So I always kept towards you know, the Wolverine voice or whatever kind of characters I can do. Yeah. But then once the reality set in of, oh my God, 
I can't do that for a commercial. I mean, maybe I could if somebody really wanted it, but um, you know, you got to have your own natural voice for those, for those kind of things. And you got to be able to like your own voice. And it's a hard thing to do. It's like, people don't like pictures of themselves. They don't like hearing themselves. You got to get past it. You know, it's one of those things you got to just, and the more you do it and the more you hear it and the more you do editing and you'll hear yourself, you'll get used to it. And I'm sure that's happened with you now. You probably just, you get used to hearing the sound of your own voice oh, and you're fine with it Absolutely. Um, I yeah. just recorded with a friend yesterday who has never recorded it, like anything before. And she's like, I hate the way I, because I played a little bit back for her. She's like, I hate the way I sound. It's like, you are always going to hate the way you sound in the beginning, but the more you do it and the more you listen to it, the more you really, I, I guess it becomes normal. You, you accept it and you get used to it. So I, I hate it the way I sounded in the beginning, but now, after listening to hours and hours and hours of audio and editing and stuff like that, I'm used to it. I like it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what a lot of uh, voice actors usually get past. Yeah. Cause a lot of them still don't like the sound of their own voice and they've been doing it for, I don't know how many years. I'm like, all right, well that's a problem. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta be able to be okay with it. Well, there's, I've heard there's professional actors out there who don't even want to watch themselves on screen because they don't like the way they look. Yeah. I think Jared Leto, said that yeah and i think johnny depp is another one who says he doesn't like to watch his movies because he think he it's weird for him or something like that but um i don't know man you know you you talk about doing the commercial work and how you would just use your normal voice if if a commercial for toilet paper came on and wolverine was telling me i needed to go buy this toilet paper i'd probably go buy it <laughs> I, i'm just i'm putting that out there <laughs> I, I don't know if you uh i know you had robbie on here yeah. from out of the blank uh, I don't know if you heard the episode that we did, but we did the commercials of of selling different things. As uh, I know, he did. Um, oh man, why can't I? And why did the name just escape me? Uh, the the voice he always does all the time. The one impression. Oh, uh, I don't remember, man. <laughs> oh uh, boy. Um, he's he's gonna shake his head when he gets to this part of the episode. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it, <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna be like, oh, what the hell. That's all right. He was worried about pronouncing my last name in all the episodes he mentioned me. And so he's like, oh, he's probably going to hate me. No, but he, he did a good job pronouncing my name. Um, what the hell? Why can't I think of the name? Uh, Christopher Walken. Jesus. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, Jeez. That took, way, that took way longer for me to figure out than it should have. Um, <laughs> so so I, I remember it. <laughs> so in, in that episode, he had me sell Tampax as Wolverine. <laughs> And I had him sell uh, furniture for hamsters as Christopher Walken. Oh, my God. And, uh, I have to go back and re-listen whole... to that. For some reason, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> and we had the whole little bar scene of, of uh, you know, me be- Wolverine being in a bar and Christopher Walken walking in and, and bothering the shit out of him. So we had a whole uh, a little scene like that. Yeah, Robbie's a good guy. Robbie is a good um, guy. Um, no, but yeah, like you said, when, when it comes to, to stuff like that with hearing your own voice, it comes with time. And I think that's that's one thing that if any voice actors or aspiring voice actors are hearing, it's just you got to be able to play, you got to be able to let it go, and you got to be able to just be okay with your voice. At least be okay with it. You don't have to love it. Yeah. Just be be okay with it. And it's know? the same idea behind acting too, because I mean, I've been I've been on stage, I've done theater and things like that, and you you've got to embody the character that you're trying to become. It's the same whether you're just sitting in front of a mic or if you are on stage in front of a bunch of people. You can't be concerned what people are thinking of you or your portrayal of that character. Otherwise, it's never going to come across right. You just got to get out there and you got to have fun and not have a care in the world. And yeah. that's just something that definitely I got to got to remember. Maybe I should put that on a poster and put it right here behind my computer so I can stare at it while I'm doing my voice work. You're like, hey, stop caring what other people think. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, do you have any other insights or insights or observations or anything about uh, Wolverine or voice acting that you would like to share with uh, me and our listeners? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, let me see here. So, do you want to know about um, different types of voice acting? Because I know you said you're, you're you're looking to get into some of it. Yeah. So do you know the different fields of? Because uh, there's so much different types of voiceover that I don't think people realize. Because um, there's voiceover for everything, not only for commercials. I mean, for pretty much every commercial, you'll always hear something. Whether it's a pharmaceutical commercial, yeah. uh, you know, uh, a commercial for like, uh, you know, right at the end, you'll have like the actor talking about whatever, <laughs> and then the little quick speedy little thing talking about like all the side effects of the uh, of the drug or something like that that's yeah. voiceover and that and that's somebody actually speaking that's not sped up i don't think people realize that either um really i always thought actually, it was sped up there's people that make a living talking really really fast oh wow um yeah um then there's e-learning audiobook narration corporate narration uh, there's so many different types of voiceover that people can get into it doesn't have to necessarily be like oh i, I i'm not like you know good at doing voices or whatever like that. It's like, if you have a nice soothing voice and you can act a little bit, then you could probably do, you know, an e-learning narration. Yeah. You know, um, even stuff that you hear for like, you know, if you go into a job or something like that and they have the whole, you know, sexual harassment kind of thing coming up there, there was somebody that did a voiceover for that, you know? So there's so many different things. And even on, uh, you know, apps on your iPhone, like if you're playing a game and this little, uh, you know, ad comes up, there's someone that did a voiceover for that. There's voiceover everywhere. Commercials way more prominent than the than the character work, mm-hmm. um, especially because with the character work, it's a lot of the same people that are casted over and over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's so many different things. So it's it's not just character and commercial. There's so so many different aspects to voiceover, and I'm sure I'm not sure if you if you knew that. Um, I've honestly but, uh, never really thought about it because you normally when I think of voiceover, I mean, I you know. Think of the animated series and stuff like that. It's stuff you would see on TV. Uh, commercials had kind of popped into my head a little bit, but I, I don't know why. I never even really thought about the fact that audiobooks, e-learning, things like that. I mean, I've been homeschooling my son for the past several months because of coronavirus and listening to all those books on the website and stuff like that never really occurred to me that I could have been doing something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, there's so many different outlets to go to. I mean, I know there's ACX that's through uh, Amazon. You can do audiobooks through there. Um, there's a ton of different websites where you can do narration. The only thing that I'd warn people if they're <laughs> hearing um, is that with, I know with ACX, there's like a royalty share. So a lot of these, you know, books that come out, people won't be able to pay you, you know, whatever the rate is per hour, per finished hour, but they'll be able to give you a royalty share based on whatever the book's get uh-huh. and given you know people think like oh that's a pretty good deal but if it's a book that's like a textbook that no one's really going to buy then it's probably not a good idea because then you'll do all that work and you'll get like six six dollars you know after like a year <laughs> or something like that yeah from the royalty share so um be wary. that's the one thing uh, be wary of of certain deals um <laughs> and stuff like that and that, that's another thing that to segue into a different uh part of voiceover that people are, are uh extremely should be wary of is the different sites to go on i'm not going to mention any because i don't want to bash yeah any sites fair enough but there's there's particular sites that uh that take advantage of voiceover artists so um especially with the rates being incredibly low mm-hmm. incredibly low um you know you can for some of these sites someone can get casted to do you know some sort of commercial 
and they're getting paid you know, $50 an hour, which is crazy low, crazy low, especially if this commercial is going to be aired, you know, anywhere, mm-hmm. you, the, the standard you're, you're supposed to be get, you know, with certain things, you're supposed to be getting a certain standard fee. Um, and it's closer to $200 an hour, not 50. So it's, it's a huge difference. And a lot of people are getting charged these, they're charging these ridiculous prices. Um, but some people unfortunately are willing to do it and it kind of just plummets the rates. Um, but I mean, people are still going to pay the good amounts. It's just, uh, I, unfortunately with stuff like that, it, to the people that don't understand or don't, or haven't been in the field before and they're just casting people, mm-hmm. they just think, Oh, this person's just speaking into a microphone. Why am I going to pay them, you know, 200 an hour or a hundred an hour, at least they're, you know, I mean, they're going to pay them 15 an hour. It's like, that's, it's not, it's not really, fair at all because somebody gave me an analogy um the other day and they're like you know when you're a doctor and you become a doctor just because you're a new doctor doesn't mean you're going to charge less than all the other doctors that have been working around because you're still a doctor so you're still going to charge pretty much the same rates you're not going to be like this undercutting doctor oh yeah i'm a quick uh, easy cheap doctor like you're not going to do that um but when it comes to to voiceover, it's I'm not saying we're doctors but it's all (laughs) it's all a general profession where it should be the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, obviously different products will, will require different kind of kinds of payment. I know for video games is a little different than commercials and for shows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one thing that I think people need to be aware of when it, when you get into voiceover, a lot of people sell themselves short okay. and they're willing to do these things that are just so low. And unfortunately when it comes to that, and if you keep, you know, working with that person, so you get consistent work from somebody and they're, you're, they're, paying you very, very little. If you decide to turn around and say, Hey, you know, I want to raise my prices, you might lose that person. So don't sell yourself short. It's, it's not worth it to work for somebody that's going to charge you way less than you should be, or you, that's going to pay you way less than you should be being paid. Mm-hmm. Cause it just, you know, you're, you're making yourself look worse. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You're, you're, you're not having confidence in yourself. You should know what your worth is. And, um, you know, I'm not saying to charge people ridiculous money, but you know, just to, to do to your be research fair to yourself. Exactly, exactly. Do your research. You got to understand how much work goes into it, mm-hmm. especially for audiobook narration, because you know, even being paid per finished hour. If a book is 16 hours, you're going to be recording most likely for double that time, mm-hmm. and then you got to take into account all the editing, unless the person's going to do that for you. If not, and you're doing the editing, it's going to be a long time. Absolutely. So. That's another thing that people need to take into consideration when it comes to to charging their clients. Very cool. Thank you for all the yeah. That's great information. And if anybody yeah. out there is uh, like me and uh, taking that to heart, please take it to heart. Uh, that's really awesome. Well, Mark, I appreciate you coming on to the show today. Talk about some Wolverine. Talk about some voice acting. It's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed having you. And, yeah, man, it's been lots of fun. Yeah, um, maybe we can get you back on uh, another time, and we can talk about an actual X Men movie or a Wolverine movie or something like that. But uh, thank you again for sharing all your thoughts and um, advice with everything. And uh, I had a blast. Yeah, man, me too. This was definitely uh, a lot of fun. It was nice talking to you. It was nice talking to you too. And then, guys, uh, stay tuned because we got a lot more episodes coming up and it's going to be a lot of fun. So continue to join me at the movies. I'll see you there.